Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And I tell you, national security is all of our business, and that's one of the reasons why we always love having uh, General Jeffrey Schlozer on the program, retired general, uh, been a recurring guest for quite some time on the program, both a show favorite and a personal favorite. I love his book, which I'm going to ask him in just a moment to uh, reintroduce to the listener before we get into our topic today. But uh, General Schlozer and not only brings great context and, and information on national defense and uh, foreign policy issues, but also on the ideas of leadership, which is what his book is all about. Uh, Jeff, always glad to have you on the program. Let's start with quick, real quick about your book and also mention your website. And welcome back. Yeah, thanks an awful lot, Kevin. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so the book is uh, Marathon War, uh, War, Leadership and Combat in Afghanistan, based upon my experiences uh, leading the 101st Airborne Division, uh, as well as a 30,000 Marines, sailors, uh, soldiers, and airmen, and civilians uh, in combat in Afghanistan. You know, it's really not just about war. It's also about leadership in really tough spots and chaos. I think a lot of people would find it appropriate, uh, whatever you're doing, whether it's in business or, uh, you know, large organizations anywhere around the world. My website is uh, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-L-O-E-S-S-E-R, my name, dot com. Uh, on there, you'll see my blog as well. Sometimes I hit on some uh, very interesting topics. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for allowing me to plug the book. Yeah, always, always. I think it's really important, and so uh, I'm glad uh, you have that to share. All right, let's talk about the balloon. And, uh, you know, I was kind of remiss a little bit because, wow, they talk about the amount of airtime they got over the last week. is phenomenal. But it is a unique story. And underneath that story are some issues regarding national security and surveillance that, uh, frankly, haven't been covered a lot by the media that you brought up uh, during the break that I think is really important. Why don't you set the stage for us? Yeah, so, you know, I think everybody's very much aware that there was a, uh, you know, a large balloon that the Chinese declared was a weather balloon that uh, drifted basically across the United States. Uh, it was very clear that it wasn't just drifting. It stayed over our missile sites in Wyoming and Montana for a period of time, just using the air currents. You can do that with these balloons. And then eventually uh, did go across and it was shot down uh, right off our shores in our in our waters, territorial waters, and it's being recovered. So the uh, the deal here, what's missing, I think, Kevin, and to all of our listeners here is, is that, uh, you know, we are just hearing now from our, you know, national security organizations that uh, this has happened multiple times, uh, and yet, uh, in many cases, neither the Trump administration, the officials there, and in many cases, the Biden administration, they weren't briefed. And the problem here gets to a technical problem. We don't have the capability in many ways to be able to track these high-altitude balloons. We can track via satellite. We can track missiles. We can track rockets. We can track all kinds of things like that. But these surveillance balloons are a real problem for America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, one thing I do want to cover, because I do want to get into some depth about the uh, this issue that you're bringing up. But there's a lot of debate, and it was pretty much along partisan lines over when that balloon should be shot down. Republicans arguing right now, and uh, Democrats arguing, why don't we get it away from, uh, you know, U.S. territory underneath, potential, potential populations underneath. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, so it came in over the Aleutian Islands, so that's very clearly United States airspace. And uh, it would have been appropriate then if we wanted to make a declaratory policy is that, uh, hey, we see it, 
um, and uh, we're but we're going to take it out. We should have shot it down there where it would not have been you know damaged uh, or not, would not have hurt anybody on the ground, uh, which is really the problem when it's over the United States airspace on the on the land. Uh, we could have done it there. I think what we chose, though, and this is something that's not hitting the press either, is, is I think for a while, since we did see it, we wanted to listen to what it was doing, try to understand exactly what its capabilities were and what intelligence were the Chinese actually seeking and what were they getting off of it. My guess is it's hidden in that story, hidden in you know uh, the national security apparatus of the United States is, is we made a decision based upon we wanted to listen to what it was providing back. You know, was it just collecting and then was going to eventually drop it someplace or was it actually sending live signals back? That's what I think was actually happening. That's why I personally believe it wasn't shot down until we were able to watch it and listen to it for a lengthy period of time. Got it. Was that a good policy or do you think we should have made a more uh, dramatic point? I think, uh, you know, it's a a public question of nuance. I mean, my guess is is that we could have picked up within 24 hours while it was still, uh, you know, in U.S. airspace and and made a decision there and shot it down. I mean, my guess would be is is what we're now having to do is go backwards and say, well, you know, we we could have, but we didn't. Uh, and then, of course, I think a lot of people can say, well, well, next time, what are you going to allow it to do? Are you going to allow it to completely surveil other missile sites or are you going to allow it to surveil other things? I think it's a problem there. And uh, my guess would have been I would have erred in, in actually acting in a much more forthright, quicker manner. Um, you know, I, I understand how these decisions are made. It was very difficult because it also went in and then over Canada. And clearly we couldn't have shot it down there. So. It's a difficult thing to make, but I would have done it earlier. So the logic to the Chinese in these balloons, uh, which are nothing new, you gave a couple examples of recent ones where we had no news coverage, but they, they use them all the time. And my understanding, there's still, still, still one, or was recently uh, in Latin America <laughs> floating around that was monitoring things. And again, quote, a weather balloon is what the Chinese are saying. Um, there's nothing new. The advantage of these, of course, is they are so much cheaper than uh, satellites to send up into space, and now you point out the difficulty of uh, monitoring them, of keeping an eye on them, and and sometimes even sometimes even be discovered later than you wish. So it's an it's an interesting thing. How common do you think their usage is? Well, I mean, I, my guess will be is is we're going to find out that they've been using these for a lengthy period of time. I mean, I've heard reports of up to uh, twenty four incidences that we can now kind of go back and see that uh, there was at least an intelligence agency, you know, uh, uh, at least believing that they had, a balloon had been up um, without being able to see them, uh, in fact. Uh, my guess will be is, is that uh, this, these will continue to be used. This was, in a sense, it's, what's, what's absolutely fascinating about this is, is the Chinese knew that uh, given the, the conditions on the ground, once it had been sighted and we mentioned it, that would, people would be focusing on it. And yet they deliberately kept it just in going over its target areas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, this was almost like a pencil being jabbed in the United States' eyes. In other words, in a sense saying, you know, uh, you know, prove to me that you've got enough guts to uh, try to actually shoot me down. Uh, but again, uh, you know, given two thoughts. One, the assumption is it really wasn't a weather uh, balloon gone astray. And the two, it was a deliberate surveillance of the United States you know, uh, there is no reason to well why we shouldn't have actually shot that thing down, probably earlier rather than later, 
and uh, why we haven't, uh, why we have used it to actually now cause a diplomatic uh, impasse between uh, us and the United and the, and the Chinese. It seemed like it would be in the U.S. interest that it ultimately it was just a weather balloon for the U.S. to say, "Hey, it was just a weather balloon." Does that help them save face? Yeah, I guess they probably would allow us to do that. But the, the truth is going to be is, is that uh, you know there are many other ways to track weather. And a weather balloon of this size, this nature, I think what we're going to be able to see over the next uh, several months, although this will die and people won't pay much attention, but we'll find out that the capabilities of this uh, balloon and the uh, sheer size of it uh, were, uh, you know, well beyond what you would expect from a weather balloon. I mean, you know, weather balloons don't carry quite the level of uh, sophisticated uh, uh, cameras as well as the ability to transmit that uh, image in, uh, in real life much less than may be able to also pick up uh, very sensitive communications of uh, different bands, you know. So my guess is going to be is there's a lot more of this story coming out. Uh, what is fascinating about it is, is one, our lack of ability to be able to track them in a cohesive, you know, comprehensive manner, and two, just why the Chinese decided at this time to stick this pencil in our eye. <laughs> Talk about... The, you know, you've mentioned different ways of surveillance that happens um, with these uh, visual, obviously, pictures. What else? What else are they uh, uh, gathering? Yeah, so they're going to be able to collect off of what we, without getting into a lot of technical detail, with uh, multiple bands. And so it's not just a picture the way you might think of taking a Kodak picture from the long time ago or off your iPhone. Uh, you can have different IR images, you know, infrared. You can have different bands and be able to see many, many different things that you just can't see with the naked, of eye, naked eye. Most of this is classified, but use your imagination. Look at the latest sci-fi movies, and you'll get an idea of what is possible with these very sophisticated cameras. The other part is listening, and uh, it's not just voice listening. It could be signals of a variety of different nature being sent out, say, maybe to our missile silos just on a routine basis. It could be, you know, taking a silo out for maintenance, and they, you know, are interested in, in those kinds of things. And uh, so signals and intercept is uh, absolutely critical. And I, I think those two things are probably the most important that you're going to see off of uh, this uh, surveillance bomb. So you in indicated that there's a history of difficulty of dealing with this type of surveillance. Uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, is the U.S. not making it a priority in terms of coming up with uh, countermeasures to deal with it, or is it too difficult to do that? What are, what are the factors that surround that, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that most of it has to do with it's not impossible. It's just that most of our systems are looking for very fast, very hot, objects, uh, you know, generally speaking, missiles and things of that nature. So that's the way we tune our radars, and they're looking for speed and heat. In this case, what you get is something very cold. It's a very cold object. It's, it's moving only with the air currents, uh, you know, with the clouds in some cases, or it's above the clouds, but you have clouds below it. And it's not moving in a sense it's not, those radars are not tuned that way. And, uh, and so it just kind of mixes up there with the atmosphere, and it's a real challenge. Can we get it so that we are starting to look more appropriately for them? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And I think you're going to see uh, that happening here in the coming uh, months. Okay, that's interesting. Well, so this has been an issue for years. Why now? Because it, uh, the level of attention has gotten, or uh, just because things are heating up with China, obviously? Um, why now do you think that uh, we're going to take these uh, counter efforts more seriously? 
Well, I think that, yes, the number one is, you know, situation with China is not growing any less uh, tense. Uh, but the other part of it is I think we're really worried about uh, the capability of these uh, of this type of a surveillance balloon. Now that we've actually had our attention drawn to it, I believe that we probably learned over the last, maybe, certainly the first 24 hours, but my guess is even over the, you know, the remaining several days that it took to drift, as they say, quote unquote, across the United States and then linger for a while over our missile silos, I think we learned some very um, Concern, you know, concerning uh, information about the capability of these things, and uh, and I think there's a lot more to follow about what we're going to do, actions in the future, and things of that nature. Uh, but I think clearly uh, we have we have by shooting it down made a declaratory policy. If you fly over the top of our airspace, consider it to be a you know a a an act that we look regards a violation not only of our airspace but potentially an act of you know some sort of hostility and uh, we're going to be able to take measures like this so yeah yeah makes perfect sense general jeffrey schlozer all of a sudden i felt like i had marbles in my mouth so glad as always to have you on the program final thoughts and takeaways for the listener yeah, so I think that, Kevin, the most, most important thing for our listeners is, is one, that uh, this is not over. You're going to see other uh, issues between the Chinese and the United States, whether it's surveillance balloons, who knows what else, actions around the Taiwan Island uh, and the you know, South China Sea. Um, prepare for a year of uh, more tenseness. This is not going to die down. It's going to cause issues with us in business as well as the national security. So uh, it's going to be a tough year for those. Yeah, and it's already going to add to what we've been dealing with economically with the problems with Russia. And so it just continues. Oh, my goodness. Hey, General, thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business.